Hello there, and welcome to Talk the Text. I'm your host for the very first time, Dr. Stephen Brackeen, and uh, finished up my dissertation uh, about two weeks ago, and then finished my defense this morning. And so I was so excited to be done, and hope to continue to be with you here on this site for a long time. And this program really was birthed out of my doctorate process, and so I'm thankful that it has brought us to this point, and I've enjoyed doing this, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we're excited about talking about the text today. Today we'll be in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and talking specifically uh, about being an image bearer of God and how Satan longs to attack that image. We'll be looking at the concept or theology uh, that is taught in this passage, chapter number four, of apostasy and what is going to take place in the church. Uh, we are seeing this, and this passage here is going to remind us that Satan is against the church and that the church is on the way down uh, in numbers. And in those that are turning away, uh, those numbers are going up. And the Bible tells us that this is sincerely a sign of the times and that there will be those that are turning away from the faith. Uh, the church is still growing, and people are being added unto the church, but there are those that are leaving the faith, and they're calling themselves a part of the church. Harvard College was founded in 1638 with the very expressed purpose of training pastors, and up to about 1700, more than half of its graduates went into the ministry. If you were to mention Harvard today, most would not even know that it was a Bible college. And there are virtually no pastors coming out of Harvard. By 1869, uh, Harvard had graduated and come to the full deathbed of its ministry program, and there were no graduates. Yale uh, was formed in 1701, and was began as even more conservative than Harvard. Uh, yet, you'll find now uh, that there is virtually no one coming out of Yale. At one point, Yale, the president, would regularly address the students on how the Bible was the Word of God. And there was an evangelistic team from Yale that traveled the U.S. sharing Christ. And, and really becoming an evangelistic school. Uh, out of 400 graduating students, 54% uh, said that they had no belief in any God whatsoever. Uh, Dartmouth Co College was uh, founded to train missionaries to India. Princeton, uh, in its early days, insisted that even their faculty uh, were convinced of the necessity of religious experience for salvation to be a part of the faculty that you needed to be born again at Princeton. Uh, yet all of these have walked away. John MacArthur says the evangelical church is the final battlefield uh, for the feminist movement and we are under assault. These are signs of apostasy and today we're going to look at this topic from 1 Timothy. So now it's time for our training tip from the text, 
And today we're going to draw this directly from the passage to which we are talking about. So we'll go back to the beginning of the chapter, but I want us to see in verses number 6 and 11, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy as a pastor to instruct him on how to lead his people. In verse number 6, he says this, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Verse number 11, he says, These things command and teach. So I want us to see today our training tip of the week from the text is repeatedly repeat. Uh, It is repeat the things that you know. Continue to practice your skills, your talents, but also continue to restudy what you already know. When it comes to interpretation or understanding the Bible, repeat it. Read it over, over, and over, and over again. Listen to it again, and again, and again. I realize that not every time you hear a message or teaching do you think, oh, I want to listen to that sermon over again. Uh, But often, we will find certain sermons that we will think, this is so important. I need to listen to this information, to this text again. And I would encourage you, go back, repeat the things that you did. Uh, go back through a passage of Scripture, restudy it, read it again. And so repeat. And Paul even tells Timothy that you're a good minister of Jesus Christ if you remind people of biblical things. And so again, to reteach or to go over these topics over and over again. So your training tip for the week is to recall what you've already done. Repeat what's already been repeated. So now is the segment where we talk the text, and that's truly what this entire process and this podcast is about. So obviously we have to stay rooted to God's Word, and I want us to look uh, at really our core verse for those that were a part of our Bible study or our students that were listening, and I want us to launch from our key verse, but I do want to point out several things that are essential in this passage. But let's begin in verse 14 of chapter number 4. It says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, this means given to thee by the teaching of the word, by, by pastoring, by preaching, by instruction, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. So first of all, I want you to understand, Paul is writing directly to Timothy. And Timothy is being commissioned, but already has been commissioned, by this presbytery, this group of believers, preachers, that have laid their hands on him and commissioned him to go and preach the gospel and he is uh, to go out and to fulfill this duty. He says, don't neglect this gift. The ministry is a gift. And you may be a student listening to this. And I want to encourage you, the ministry is a calling. But you ought, to, you ought to say yes to the calling if you feel it. And I believe the Lord will tell you no if he doesn't want you to move into that. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're trying to figure it out. I didn't come from necessarily a pastor's home. Um, I was thankful that I got to grow up around camp ministry, so I knew preachers, but I didn't know where preachers came from. Uh, I I used to say I thought preachers were hatched out of eggs. I I didn't know where they came from. I didn't know how you became one. I didn't know how you knew you were going to become one. Uh, But there is such a unique experience 
to to feel the calling of God on your life and know that you desire the Word of God and you want to teach the Word of God and it is a part of you. And I would say to you, don't neglect that gift. You say, well, how can I know if God is calling me to this ministry? Well, first of all, you're going to meet the qualifications, the qualifications of this ministry. One of the reasons that John MacArthur says that the the modern church, the conservative church is under attack by the feminist movement is because if you're called to be a pastor or preacher, you're a guy, you're a male. The Bible specifically, implicitly three times states that men are called to pastor. And you'll know it because you'll feel that calling within you. That doesn't mean a woman can't teach. It doesn't mean that a woman can't be a part of ministry and sharing her faith. All of us are called to do that. But there are roles within the church that a lady just is not called to fill, uh, deacons and elders. And so we know that, that first of all, you'll be a guy uh, if you're called to this. And you say, well, what if I am a guy and I feel like the Lord would call me to this? Verse 15 says this, meditate. This means be diligent in all of these things. Now, we're going to look at all of those things in just a minute, but I want you to notice that if you are called into ministry, you'll be faithful diligent. It means you stay after them. He says, give thyself wholly to them. Uh, I want you to understand that if you are called to ministry, it is a high calling. It is not a job you choose or a profession that you think you'd like to get into. God calls you to it, and then you progress in it. And I won't stay here much longer, but I do want to say this. It tells us that we are to wholly give ourselves to it, that thy profiting, thy progress may appear to all. This is so true, and then we're going to get into these other things that we are to meditate on, but people should see you growing. That's one of the things I love about being a part of a small group is that these small group leaders, which, by the way, our leaders are the best. I mean, they are excellent, and they're passionate about it, but they should be able to visualize and see this growth. Our leaders were around the room last night, and I listened in to specifically two different groups and, and listened a little bit on a third. And I was listening as we were going around and talking about these spiritual gifts and these things from this verse, neglect not the gift that is in you. And I, uh, we talked about how that really is specifically talking about pastors, but the application is that we're not to neglect, to neglect any of our gifts. And as they went around these groups and they were talking about the gifts, I found it so interesting that certain leaders just flowed to certain students about what their gifts were. They were evident. They could see them growing. They knew. Um, we were at lunch today, and one of our uh, staff members said that when certain people, and he named these individuals, when they graduate from your program, you will miss their leadership. They visualized and saw and called these students by name as to which ones were leaders and that they saw the gift within them. I would say to you, if you are not diligent, if you are not faithfully working, if you are neglecting the gift, others will not see it in you. But if you are faithful, others will take note of what it is 
for you to walk with Christ and be seen walking with him. Now look at verse number one, and I want us to talk this text because he tells us to neglect not these. And then we've also looked at verses six and 11 in chapter number four, how he warns them. But now I want us to go all the way back to the beginning and see what gifts and what he's warning them of. Number one, the spirit speaketh expressly. I am so thankful. I believe God's word is holy inspired by the Word of God. It's not metaphor. It's not some secret sauce. There's not some of it is true, some of it is not. This is the expressed speaking of the Holy Spirit to these men that wrote what God wanted us to know. And he says that in latter times, some shall depart from the faith. This is apostasy. Apostasy means those are walking away from the faith. They are walking away. I believe they are revealing their true faith and their true depth and understanding of God. They are walking away from it. In other words, they are rejecting their faith. Uh, We've even seen this increase, not just in colleges like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, but really we've seen it among young people that are leaving faith. They are walking away. And when they are not owning their faith, they are rejecting it. And if you're listening to this and you're of a young person in that age group, let me tell you, own your own faith. Don't be a Christian because your parents take you to church. Own your faith. Live it out. Search these things out. Desire these things for yourself. But though, as the Bible tells us that in latter times, there will be those that will depart the faith. Why will they do that? This is why, because they give heed, they pay attention to, they listen to seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. Now, I want you to understand, there are so many wicked doctrines out there. People are preaching a gospel, a message from God's word that is convenient, that feels good, and that is comfortable for them. It says here, verse number two, they are speaking lies in hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We know within when the Spirit of God is speaking and we are malleable, when we are sensitive to Him, we know the truth. And we can be sitting and listening to preaching or listening to someone speak and all of a sudden something strikes us and it just seems so wrong. Uh, There was a college student that came to me this year, said that she was a part of a small group study on a college campus and how they were having a meeting and they uh, gathered the the college students together and said, all right, I want everybody to pray for this one student. And I want you to just speak out of your prayer voice and language what God tells you this person should do and reveals these things unto you. And man, her, she said her antenna went up. She just thought something about this seems wrong. I don't think that I have a prayer language that's going to tell, God's going to tell me what to tell this person what to do. And sure enough, she had fallen into a charismatic movement. Uh, These things are the conscience of the spiritual things. And if you're a believer and you know Christ and something just does not sit well with you, then you need to make sure you do not continue to listen to these, what the Bible calls seducing spirits or doctrines of devils. And we live in a generation filled with these things. Verse number three, it gives us even an insight into what these type of seducing spirits will do. He says, forbidding to marry. This means hating or rejecting the concepts that the Bible teaches about marriage. Marriage is under attack. 
marriage and and this and the relationship that God considers sacred between a man and a woman is under attack. And when we listen to the arguments that say, well, these things are okay, um, the, these outside relationships, these homosexual relationships are just love and what can be wrong with love, we are listening to seducing spirits. And we need to make a stand. We need to say, no, these things are wrong and we are going to choose what is right. That we need to make sure we are not speaking or listening to either one lies that are found in hypocrisy. Verse number four, uh, he goes on to say, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, I want you to understand this. Not everything that is created as far as us is good. This is saying that what we have the right to do, what we have the opportunity to do is good. We have the opportunity, we have the choice to reject sin, ourself, and our way, and to do what it, that which is good and wholesome. Then in verse number six, we've already covered this, that he tells us to make sure we are reinforcing these things through thanksgiving, reinforcing truth, and that we are, we are refusing profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. This idea here, he is going to paint, he's going to tell us to nurture ourselves, and then he is going to tell us again that we are to exercise ourselves. And he's going to use some illustration here for us, and we need to understand these things that he has called us to are truly what we are supposed to be doing, exercising out our faith, working these things out. I love the fact that this exercise here kind of has two components. Uh, number one, he says bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. The truth is our exercise only lasts for a short time. And while we are doing it, and right thereafter are when we get the benefit. But if we never exercise again, the benefit of that exercise is gone. It's temporal. But when we exercise our faith, it's eternal. And when we reject apostasy, when we reject hypocrisies, when we reject that these lies and these forbiddings and these really satanic attacks, and we choose faith, we'll be hated. But there's an eternal reward. And I think it's important for us to always remember that we are going to live forever with the Lord if we're born again. And truly, we're going to live forever somewhere. If you're lost, you're going to live forever. It's just separated from God in hell. But you can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And this exercising our faith, it is so essential that we understand that it is eternal and it has eternal benefits. And to not just be consumed with temporal, but to look live, and, and to work for that which is eternal. Okay, it's time to turn the text. In this segment, what we're going to do is focus specifically on application. I want applying this passage, these teachings, to us. So the first thing that we must do when we apply is see what it is applying it to. I love in verse number 10, the Bible says, For therefore, if we both labor and suffer reproach, if you are going to stand in opposition to Satan, it's going to be work. Secondly, you're going to suffer. And you're going to suffer reproach. 
if you labor, if you work against wicked kingdoms and you work for the kingdom of God, it is work. Spiritual work is is mentally taxing. It is physically exhausting. And there is a physical price to pay for it. It tells us we're going to suffer reproach because, verse number 10, because we trust in the living God. When we trust in a living God, that means, number one, he's alive in us. That's why we trust him. He's alive in the world that we're around. We see him moving and working even in our own lives. And he is living because we believe he is seated in heaven, that he is there. Now, not not stuck there. He's still everywhere, but he has a position and a place and a location. And the Lord Jesus is seated there at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for us. So we believe in a living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Now, obviously, we could take this verse and seriously break down some thoughts that come against this, but I want you to understand that he is the Savior of all men. He paid the price for everybody. And of those specifically, it tells us that believe. But then I want us to see that he tells in verse number 12, one of the more known verses from the book of 1 Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. This word despise means look down on you. I mean, we can feel little, we can feel belittled. We can feel cast to the side or unimportant. And I love that Paul is telling Timothy, it is more about your stage of walking with God than your age. Do not let someone put you down because you're not old enough. You do what God's called you to do no matter what. The Bible loves to use illustrations of God using the least of these. And so if things are hard, if things are difficult, if you are facing and suffering reproach, he tells us, don't let anybody look down on you. But then he tells us, but be an example of the believers. In Word, which I am so thankful for our students and our student leadership that love the Word and have been have been working to know it, to understand it, to break it down, to interpret it. But then he says, in conversation. This means in our manner of life, the way they are living exemplifies that they trust Christ. When you walk away from worldliness and ungodliness and sinful things and sensual things and you stand against it, that is your conversation to this world. In charity, this means literally in our love for one another. I pray you're loving other people and people see the love of Christ in you. Let your love so shine before men that people glorify God because of it. In spirit, you know, this is something you can't fake. I love teenagers. They know if you're real or not. He said, make sure you're an example to the believers in your spirit. This is this is the very essence of life. It is Christ. It is the Holy Spirit shining, living, and walking through you. In faith, hey, walk by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And our faith, is when we trust in God even though we don't see the way. One of the things I love about camp ministry is there's no way to figure out how you're going to get it all done and everything is going to be done. So we live by faith. And then finally, he says, in purity. You know, we do have to separate ourselves from worldly things. And I believe that if you will separate yourself, others will see the love of Christ in you. Your conversation, your way of life, will reflect Christ. Your spirit will be filled and anointed with Christ, and it will come because you love the Word. So let me encourage you, he who steals your worship owned it to begin with, and make sure you keep your worship this week 
and from now on, focused on the God that you love.